0: Welcome to Young Catholic Speaks. My name is Bennett. You know that saying, what's this world coming to? Well, maybe I'm just getting older, but I seem to be saying it quite a bit these days. If you look around, it's pretty easy to find corruption. By corruption, I mean something that is good, but is being made evil. We know that God made humanity very good, but through sin, we allow ourselves to become corrupted. We see this corruption in the normalization and even promotion of immorality by society. We also see it in governments when they violate human rights. There's corruption in our government here in the United States, as evidenced by the fact that abortion is still legal in some states, That violates the most fundamental of human rights, the right to life. And while the church herself is incorruptible, the people inside the church can certainly be corrupted. Think about the Christians who promote ideas opposed to church teaching. The corruption throughout the world is only getting worse, and, unfortunately, there's very little we can do about it. Sure, we can and must, Speak out against this corruption and do what we can to fight it. But to put it in Tolkien's words, we are fighting the long defeat. We will never be able to eradicate this corruption completely. This corruption hurts a lot of people and makes living as a Christian difficult, so it's kind of depressing to contemplate its unstoppability. But Jesus says to not fear. The one who can kill the body but can do no more. He says the one we should fear is the one who can kill the body and then pull the soul down to hell. The corruption that we see cannot hurt our souls if we don't let it, so Jesus says not to worry about it. But there's another kind of corruption that can not only harm us in this life, but also affect how we spend eternity. That corruption is the corruption inside of ourselves. The corruption Jesus says we should fear is sin. The devil tries to distract us from our important internal corruption, our sin, with the inevitable problems of the world, the external corruption. I can think of two reasons why he does this. The first Is that unlike external corruption, God gives us the ability to resist internal corruption, bringing us closer to heaven and farther from hell? The second reason is that the devil knows that our external corruption is a result of other people giving in to their own internal corruption. If we resist our internal corruption, the devil has less external corruption to distract other people with. It's very important for us to resist internal corruption, for our own good and for the good of others. So then, the question is, how do we resist internal corruption? I think there are three parts to overcoming sin. Knowing the sins we struggle with, asking for forgiveness for the sins that we have committed, and resisting temptation so that it doesn't become a sin. The first part is knowing the sins that we struggle with. We find this out by making an examination of conscience, which is just reviewing our lives to remember the sins we've committed over a certain period of time. It's very helpful to make an examination of conscience frequently. In fact, in the Liturgy of the Hours, which is the only prayer that priests are obliged to pray every day, the night prayer has a specific spot to make an examination of conscience if you wish. Making a frequent examination of conscience is important because it lets us know what temptations to be watchful for, and it gives us a chance to ask God for forgiveness before we even go to confession. Speaking of confession, the second part of resisting internal corruption is going to confession. Besides being healed from our sins, confession is great because the priest usually gives us advice about how to avoid sinning again. Going to confession frequently is also important. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops recommends going to confession at least once a month. Why is going to confession often so important? Consider this analogy. You have a work shirt that you use for working outside. It already has a few stains, so when you get another stain on it, you don't really notice. However, you also have a nice dress shirt that you wear on formal occasions. If you get a stain on your dress shirt, you're probably going to notice pretty quickly, because it's the only stain on the shirt, and you try to keep that dress shirt clean. When we go to confession, We trade in our dirty old work shirt for a brand new, clean dress shirt. After confession, we're more inclined to avoid sin because we're, quote-unquote, clean. And when we do sin, it's easier to notice. One last note about confession. It could be that you're nervous about going to confession. Maybe because it's been a while since your last confession, or... Maybe you've committed some sin that you're really ashamed of. Either way, considering this might help. St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans that because he does the evil that he does not wish to do, it is no longer he, but the sin or the corruption that dwells in him that does the evil. You see, God made us good, and if God makes us good, nothing can make us bad. It is the corruption inside of us that is evil, but not us. The devil tries to convince us that we are bad people because of our sins, but it's not true. All God does in confession is take away our sins to reveal the pure, good person he created. And we want to avoid recovering our good selves with sin. The third part of resisting internal corruption is by rejecting temptation before it becomes a sin. This is a huge topic, but I'll only mention one way to weaken temptation. As a general rule, when we are tempted, we should do the opposite of the temptation if possible. For example, let's say you have a scheduled half hour of prayer every day. But one day, you're tempted to skip it. In that instance, you should not only finish the whole half hour, but also add a little extra time if you can. Or suppose that you're tempted to say something rude to someone who had said something rude to you the day before. Instead, you make a point to compliment that person that day. By rejecting the temptation, you make the temptation weaker in the future, but by doing its opposite, you also grow in virtue, which makes it easier to do good. But how do we recognize temptation? And how else do we fight it? That leads me to the challenge this month. St. Ignatius of Loyola came up with what's called the Discernment of Spirits. It's all about how to distinguish God's suggestions from the enemy's temptations, and how to respond to both. I challenge you to do some research into it. If you're into books, I recently finished one called The Discernment of Spirits, An Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living by Father Timothy Gallagher. I recommend it. It explains the discernment of spirits clearly and with lots of examples. Finally, it should be noted that we will never be completely rid of corruption while here on earth. However, we can lessen its hold on us with God's help. One of the great joys of heaven is finally being free of corruption, both inside and around us. That's all I have for today, but before I go, I think I need to mention Patreon. Thanks to the generosity of two patrons, my first two episodes are still available to listen to. Without those patrons, I wouldn't be able to pay to keep those episodes available. Please pray about supporting me in this way. And if you discern that God is calling you to help me through Patreon, head over to Patreon.com/YoungCatholic. That's spelled P. A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash young catholic. If you want to check out my website, where you can listen to previous episodes, find the link to my Patreon page, and more, go to youngcatholicspeaks.podbean.com. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Bennett, this is Young Catholic Speaks, and God willing, I'll see y'all next month.